I'm J.P. Tuesday. And I'm Kiki Cannon. As lifelong Disney fans, the work of countless talented Disney creatives have shaped our lives. Now, as Disney catalog expands, we're taking a journey through film and television to discover if that spark that shaped us as children lives on in adulthood. Does your favorite Disney media still cast that same spell? Join us as we find out. We are rewatching the magic. Hi, Kiki. Hi, Tuesday. All right, this will be our Thor Love and Thunder uh, review discussion episode. This will have heavy, heavy spoilers. If you have not seen the movie, turn this podcast off and come back when you have seen the movie. We will not hold back on spoilers at all. This is your last chance. Spoilers incoming in three, two, one. I am surprised they actually adapted the cancer storyline. I am angry they actually adapted the cancer storyline. Because the person who went to see the movie with me uh, just had cancer within the last year. And I wouldn't have taken them to see this movie had I known they were going to adapt the cancer storyline. There's the the joke about the targeted by Marvel club mm. that Marvel is just kind of going through and targeting various trauma related things, you know, it's like, mm. oh, you know, welcome to veterans with PTSD. You're in the targeted by Marvel club. Oh, you know, do you have dissociative identity disorder? Welcome to the targeted by Marvel club. Do you have, you know, is various things. And um, then it's like, oh, well, you know, hi, people, you know, going through chemo or recent cancer patients or whatever. Welcome to the Targeted by Marvel Club. You know, it's like there, there's also that joke that the uh, Marvel Studios logo has just now become a blanket trigger warning. <laughs> like if you got something traumatic in your life, you see that Marvel Studios logo coming up. There's your trigger warning. Speaking of that logo. They added Moon Knight and Miss Marvel to it. Yeah, there's some some new people, and and we get a uh, a funky '80s metal version of the. Oh yeah, that was that of the I, I like Marvel that. Studios theme, which yeah. which is kind of nice. I like playing around with the Marvel Studios theme because I like that that music. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's point number one that did not. Uh, please me too much about this film is that we had talked about it before when the trailers came out of why is Jane going to become the mighty Thor? And we talked about in the comics, it was, you know, the cancer thing. And I said then that I did not want them to do that storyline and they went ahead and did that storyline. So. Yeah. In the comics, it's explained that every time she turns into Thor, she's essentially purifying her body, meaning she's extracting all of the chemotherapy from her body, which means the cancer continues to grow. In this version, it's explained that because she is a mortal person, it is literally taking all of the strength that would have fought the cancer to continue using the powers of Thor. And I don't know which one is better or worse. I I mean, it wasn't even explained that well in the movie. It's just like, every time you use the hammer, it's draining you or something. There's like one line. 
I mean, there's the doctor that says something is keeping her from her natural healing or something is keeping her from fighting the cancer and Thor figures out, oh, it's the power of Thor. It's taken so much of her of her energy just to wield it that she has none left to fight the cancer. Silvig is literally just zooms in. It's literally on a on a Zoom call, and that's all we get. The cameo, uh, uh, we get a, a, a five-minute cameo from Darcy. That was nice, but, you know, she really wasn't needed in this movie. Speaking of people who weren't needed in this movie, the Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, it was, it was, it was fine to see them, but they were in this movie way more than they were needed, which was not at all. I mean, the last time we saw Thor at Endgame, he was with the Guardians. Yes. So, so we kind of needed to show where that was. So, But, you know, we've got so much Korg narration. We could have go- gone with, after bouncing around on some adventures with the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor and Korg were, you know? Yeah. I mean, we really didn't need, like, a whole... Action scene with them? Yeah, like, first act of... And here's Thor just being annoying to the Guardians of the Galaxy. Because it didn't add anything to the film. And we could have spent that time learning more about Gore and how Gore, you know, got on his rise to power. And, you know, maybe given more time to Sif. Oh, Sif. We talked about how... Who they did dirty? We talked when we talked about Thor Ragnarok, how they did the Warriors 3 dirty. And I was thinking, so I'm so glad they did not do that to Sif, because she was unavailable, because Jamie Alexander was unavailable. Why could Jamie Alexander not be... I wish Jamie Alexander was not available for this movie. Yeah, don't we wish Jamie Alexander had another TV show to be unavailable for this movie? They do her so dirty in this movie. No explanation of where she's been. No explanation of anything. She just shows up with a distress call saying, help me, Thor, help me. And then he goes to he goes to her. It's like, Taika, well, at okay, least okay, they okay. didn't kill her off, so maybe Wakanda can make her another arm. I mean, Taika. Taika. Did Taika watch any of the previous two movies? Because that's not how Sif talks in the other two movies. I mean, maybe maybe she had come back to New Asgard at one point because kind of all of the Asgardians who have been hanging out on New Asgard have gone really local. Yeah. I mean, did you notice that? Like, all of the Asgardians have just super assimilated into Earth. They're all wearing Earth clothes. They're all having Earth dialects, Earth slang. Uh, Axel has accumulated to Earth music. Yeah. We'll get to to Axel in a minute, but I want to finish ranting on Sif here, because... So I kind of wonder if, like, wherever Sif has been, because the last time we really properly saw Sif, as in she got a storyline was in shield and so she might have been like you know just 
secretly hanging out with some of those guys and doing missions. You know, there there might have been like a sword thing that she was doing. So she yeah. may have just been hanging out with humans a bunch. I'm I'm not to I'm just thinking that they kind of dumbed her down in her dialogue. I wanted to die in battle on the battlefield. It's like you were making her talk like Hemsworth Thor and not like Sif. Yeah. And it's like they do her so dirty. She's I in mean this it movie may have so just small. been because we haven't seen her in the context of of the Taika films. Maybe, but I think I feel like they they feel just like what was the point of having her because they wasted her in this movie because you could have had imagine you know the the badass team of Thor and Valkyrie and Mighty Thor and Sif, you know you don't even need Thor in that team up. Just let him sit this one out, and we have like the you know Mighty Thor and Valkyrie and Sif. Or split them up and have two fronts where one is going to the yeah Thor and Korg, you know, go to omnipotent city. You know, yeah. they're going to go to Zeus and begging for help. Meanwhile, the other three are trying to find out where the kids are. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it would have been an interesting team up, but um, yeah, but uh, Sif is mostly lady not appearing in this movie. Uh, and that's really sad because that was one of the things we were so excited for when they announced she was coming back. Yeah, one of the strongest warriors on Asgard. We talked about this. Thor, the Warriors 3, Lady Slip, the strongest warriors on Asgard, and four of them are treated like chumps in the Taika-verse. I love you, Taika, but you did those four dirty. Yeah, and we talked so much in Ragnarok about how you know, bringing back the character from the previous film to be like, oh, this this villain is a real, you know, threat. It just doesn't work. And boy, does it not work here. Yeah. So let's... um, Because if you'd have cut out a lot of that part with the Guardians, and I'm not dissing on the Guardians, I like the Guardians films. Mm-hmm. But, you know, maybe let the Guardians have the quick cameo, if you even have them there at all. You know, just CGI in some Rocket and Groot or whatever. Then let Thor get on with his movie and the Guardians can get on with their movie. Cut down on the budget some mm-hmm. so you can have more special effects scenes or whatever. And move the story along and then you can show gore out there wrecking the nine realms or whatever he's doing to some other gods and that'll set him up as a villain rather than just sif lying there with one arm on the battlefield screaming oh i want to die in battle and you know talking about whether or not that's going to get her into valhalla her arm's in Valhalla, though. Yeah, maybe that arm's in Valhalla. We don't know. Did it turn into gold dust and sprinkle away and join the force? We don't know. Um, uh, yeah, gore story. Let's kind of get into gore for a minute. Gore, more or less accurate representation of his story. They cut his family down to just one daughter. 
I mean, presumably he had more family that had died before that. But but we only see the daughter on screen. But it's the loss of the daughter, the final member of his family, if you want to go there, that really breaks him. And he goes to his god. Are we sure which god it is? According to Wikipedia. Uh, It's Rapu, yeah. Yeah. So he goes to his god. He tells him what's going on. The, The land is barren. There's no life. There's no food. There's no water. Please help us. And Rapu just says, uh, yeah, yeah, T.S., buddy. There'll be, I'll just create more minions and more worshipers, and you'll be replaced. We talked about, when we first talked about Gore's story before, the, the gods tend to be dicks. And this is definitely a dickish god. Yeah, but, which which kind of... All of them uh, are are kind of meant to be. There is one moment we get later on with Gore that kind of humanizes him is when he's with the children later after he's kidnapped them. He says he's with the children. He points one out and says, you remind me of someone I know. She was brave and she was smart. And you you, you can kind of hear the, the crack in his voice and almost tears welling in. Us. She loved to draw this is a man in pain, a man that never got a chance to grieve for the loss of his daughter, who turned that into rage, who took this sword that could kill a god and made it his mission to kill all gods because the gods have forsaken him and the gods are selfish. And you can at least understand Gore's motivation. It's a good setup. I like the way the opening works. I I like everything that they do with gore. Um, I just, I wanted there to be a little bit more of it. It would have been cool if instead of him going out and just being like, oh, I'm going to go out and slaughter the gods. It would have been cool if he'd had started being like the guy who answered the prayers when the gods wouldn't mm, like a, like a star- like if he like if he had started because it talks about the sword corrupting people mm-hmm. you know because he's like well you know he, right right as he kills his god they said well now you're cursed and he says well it doesn't feel like a curse to me it would have been cool if they'd have shown like a build up, you know, of like him showing up in places where there's like apocalypses or famines or whatever, and people are crying out to their gods or whatever. And he goes and slays the gods of those people for like, why aren't you helping? And they're just there having like parties or whatever. Like, what? You know, like gods that are acting like his own god did. Like, what? Like, why are we supposed to help? And he'd be like, okay, whatever. Death now. And then it just, like, as it goes on, he just is like, what? Our people are doing fine. And he's like, yeah, but you're still gods. You know? Yeah. It, it would have been kind of awesome to see him devolve from, like, cutting down gods who are actively being awful to their people to just you know, like the Asgardians, like you know, not to rag on any you know pagans there who follow the Norse pantheon, but you know, in modern times right now, 
they don't have that many believers or whatever, you know? So there are not, like, large swaths of people following the Norse gods, um, comparatively, on Earth. Um, maybe there are on other planets or whatever, and they're being awful to them. But it's like, if he showed up on Asgard and he'd be like, you know, you're doing your followers, and they're like, what followers? You know, most of them died out thousands of years ago. We're just kind of a bunch of aliens sitting around here, you know? And, you know, you could say the the same thing for some of the other pantheons they deal with, like Zeus and stuff. It's like there are Hellenic reconstructionists running around there, but they're not, like, huge. It's It's kind of interesting, though. It would have been interesting to get more of that in there and show, like, the corruption of the weapon in Gore's life. But really the only thing that they do with the corruption of the weapon is that, like, once the weapon breaks, he dies. Like, oh. I mean, it's they, <laughs> they, they fast forward that corruption. It's, it's almost instant. He said, you know, because you get that whispering voice, find the Bifrost, get to eternity, and all gods must die. And it's just... The corruption is instant, and I, I think you're right. If they had slowed down, if if they had spent a little bit more time through, you know, like you said, you know, having him go after the gods that are neglecting their people and then just going after gods in general, slowly and slowly corrupting him. Yeah, this is this is much more of a mustache twirling villain. Like, you, you feel sorry for him at the beginning, and then immediately he's like... He immediately loses the plot. <laughs> yeah, immediately he's like, I'm going to kill this one guy that did my people dirty. Now I'm going to kill all gods everywhere. And it's like, well, I don't know. Have you met all gods everywhere? There might be a good one. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just like he doesn't even entertain the thought that like maybe you just got the crappy god. I, I don't know. And I get the whole he's slowly dying because the the sword is corrupting and because they wanted to have a a a a mirror to Jane. Like Jane is dying and she's using the last of her life to do something good. Gore is slowly dying and he's using his power to kill. Likewise, Gore also has a a a, a mirror in in Thor, in that. Thor also believes that all gods are benevolent, all gods are good, and then when he gets to up when he gets to where the home of the gods are, he start he sees that the gods are just selfish. The gods are scared. The gods are in hiding because they don't want to fight Gore. This so, is honestly, I gotta say, Zeus in Omnipotent City is what everybody thought or, or tries to pretend what Loki masquerading as Odin was in Ragnarok. The party guy, the the guy who's neglecting the like, his... well, you're not invited to the orgy. Everybody sit around and eat grapes. Here's my you know, entrance, everybody bow down before me. And it's like, this is what everybody tries to pretend that scene was, and it wasn't. 
you know, because we mm-hmm. t- we talked about that in in Ragnarok about how like we hear like everything's going to crap and you're not doing anything about it, but we never actually see it. In this movie, we see it. Like here's the guy that can do something about it. He's ignoring it. He doesn't care. It's not gonna affect me. I'm just gonna stand around while everybody praises me, and we're gonna have an orgy. I mean, I'm sure in that other situation there were orgies going on. Let's not kid ourselves. But, you know, here it's made more explicit, you know? It's like, this is what everybody wants to assume that other situation was that were never actually shown. So, Zeus really is the horrible ruler that everybody assumed Loki would be in that situation. And Which all, I kind of like. And it shows that, you know, when Thor actually throws that lightning bolt right through Zeus, he deserves it. Oh, yeah. No, that's... Yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, Zeus tried to kill Korg. Come on. Yeah. Why did he not do that? Good thing his head survived. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that's sentient on a Cronin is its mouth, which I can respect. <laughs> I, I do want to throw out one more complaint, and I don't know how 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 Taika is in terms of the internet, but putting a ten year old meme in the screaming goats. Oh well, I mean, that's just also part of Norse mythology. So yeah, but from it's just it's kind of an old meme. It's a dead meme that did not uh, also that's me. just uh you are a city boy who has always lived in the city and i'm gonna point that out i however have uh lived on the other side of the fence from farmland and goats and have lived in countryside uh for at least part of my life goats scream a lot <laughs> especially depending on the species of goat so um i know that that's like a meme on the internet for people who have never lived near goats but if you've ever spent any time near goats that they just they scream so much (laughs) Um, farm animals are noisy (laughs) y'all i'm just gonna say that so Um, yeah, okay. I found the goats hilarious. I'm just gonna say that. <laughs> um, we get a quick. Let's go through that that quick little backstory of the relationship between Thor and Jane and how it how it ended. Is just it starts out nice and then their 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 real lives kind of get in the way. Thor being an Avenger and Jane being a scientist is just it, it breaks. And Thor, it's two dishes. You can wash two dishes. So, yeah, there, there's an interesting thing of... Uh, they did some shorts about uh, called Team Thor when they did Ragnarok. And it they were just little comedy throwaway shorts. But interestingly, they are relevant here in that Thor, uh, during the events of uh, Civil War... Gets a uh, roommate uh, on Daryl, yeah. Daryl, who actually appears in this movie as well. So, 
Yeah, so these things are canon now. <laughs> these things are actually canon to the these little shorts that you can find on Disney Plus. Um, but because his roommate is seen as a new Asgard tour guide, he's the one talking about Mjolnir, um, and everything being immovable and just being under glass there when Jane shows up in New Asgard. That's Daryl Thor's old roommate from Australia. But in in there. Uh, his roommate has the same problem of Thor will not do housework. He wants to get a servant because he's a prince and he's never done anything for himself. Interestingly, it's the same thing with Jane. Jane goes, it's two plates. You can wash two plates. But it is kind of the same thing. He's a prince. He's never done anything. He's always had servants. He's always... and. Jane's just like a normal chick who's gone through grad school and you know all that kind of stuff she doesn't have time for this Thor so it's weird that that's now canon and also fascinatingly appropriate to the breakup between Thor and Jane yeah Um, and unwillingly Thor puts an enchantment on Mjolnir it's like protect Jane and it's like very similar. We see that same symbol uh, when uh, Odin put the original enchantment on Mjolnir the, the first time around. So unknowingly, Thor has the power to to grant someone else his power. His Thor has the ability to grant someone else his power, an ability that he does use does use willingly right before the final battle. Yeah, when he grants it to the children. Um... And it's fascinating that he accidentally puts that enchantment on Mjolnir. And the film shows him having these, apparently these weapons that are made out of Uru have some kind of limited sentience. Yeah. Because we see Mjolnir and Stormbreaker both reacting to him in a semi-sentient sort of way. Stormbreaker's jealous. Yeah. Um, which was a very funny gag, and I laughed at it every time. I like he, he's reaching out for Mjolnir, and then just comes Stormbreaker kind of s- sliding in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, buddy, I was just calling for you. Yeah, that's what I was doing. How are you? Uh, we had spent a long time in... Um, in discussion, wondering how they were going to reforge Mjolnir, and it turns out they they don't. It just does it on its own off camera. We don't get to see that, and I felt cheated. Uh, Blu-ray bonus deleted scenes. I bet I'm not even sure we're gonna get that because she she just kind of hand waves it in her talk. He was like, hey, how 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 did Mjolnir happen? And she was like, oh yeah, it was just the weirdest thing. I just, I kind of wandered up to it and it started swirling around and then boom, hammer. I don't know either. So I guess, I guess that enchantment must really be a strong thing. I don't know. Yeah. But it, but, it gives, it gives uh, Mjolnir a, little, a new ability kind of a becoming kind of Uru bullets. <laughs> Which I like. Uh, honestly, I think reforged Mjolnir is way cooler because it's got that ability to break apart and 
target multiple enemies and that's that's awesome that is really cool um and then it's also the the handle and the bit that's still attached to the handle becomes its own weapon and then it's got all these multiple projectiles flying around that whoever came up with that brilliant give that person a bonus that's wonderful love that but i feel like there there needed to be a little bit more earned in the how did we reforge mjolnir Hmm. um because that's it's been a a question you know uh we were right that apparently it just stayed at new asgard i like that they just built an amphitheater around it just dug out ground around it because nobody could move the the charts um we got the we got the actors back yeah, we got Matt Damon back. We got uh, Liam Hemsworth back. Uh, Sam Neill, I think. Yeah, Sam Neill's back. And Melissa uh, McCarthy. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was this uh, one I didn't know about. Luke, I did know Luke about Luke Hemsworth. That. By the way, we're getting our our Hemsworths all mixed Luke up. Hemsworth, yes. But we've got a whole bunch of Hemsworths in this movie. We got a whole bunch of Hemsworths. We don't just got uh, Chris's brother. We got Chris's son. And daughter, and who plays love, Gore's daughter. There's, there's, we're just lousy with Hemsworths, just in general. So, um, a lot of Hemsworths. Yeah, they. I, I love kind of everything we see about New Asgard. I love that it's a tourist destination. That is just a a really goofy tourist trap now. Infinity cones. Yeah, infinity cones, the ice cream shop. I love the little, uh, all the cruise ships that go there. I, I love uh, the Old Spice commercial that Valkyrie is doing. Uh, before we started recording, you were talking how you were trying to catch up on the boys. So this is pretty much that. Yeah, it's it's so it's so everything about it is so goofy and kitschy, and you know that if just a group of aliens landed and were like, "Hey, can we go set up a sleepy fishing village?" Everybody immediately would be like, "Hey, we got to go to the tourist trap fishing village that has all the aliens in it." You yeah. know that would immediately happen. You know that's what we would do with it. Meek. Meek, huh? Meek's a woman, apparently, because they, they, Meek is wearing a a a a a lady's business suit, and is addressed as a woman throughout this movie. I did not. uh, I don't know if this is a change or what, but uh, yeah, Meek has a job. Meek is wearing a, a a lady's business suit. Meek has a. Meek has stroke it in New Asgard. Go Meek. Yeah, and uh, what's so funny is that that little joke where Thor is trying to give the speech and the dry erase marker is squeaking. I was about to yell at somebody in the theater. I was looking around for who was making that noise. And then it's, it's, it's Meek. <laughs> and then it was and then it was me. And then I realized like it was in the movie. 
but I was wondering who was making the annoying noise because it was not immediately apparent it was coming from the film uh, because of the way the sound in the theater was was being generated. Um, so I was looking around for who to yell at in the theater. Um, and then all of a sudden Thor stopped talking and was like, who is making that noise? I was like, oh, okay, I was going absolutely bonkers trying to figure out who to yell at. Um, also, Thor, you're a douche. You are not king here. Stop trying to give inspirational speeches. The thing in that moment is to be like, Asgard, listen up to your king. But it seems that... Valkyrie. It's, yeah. It's like, like, that's what you do. You don't just wander in swinging big cape and be like, Asgard, listen up, for I am Thor. Like, no, you're like, everybody shut up. Valkyrie, did you have something you were trying to say? That's yeah. how you do that. It's also really weird in that it doesn't seem that the Asgardians kind of respect Valkyrie since they're all talking over her, but it's the moment Thor opens his mouth, everyone shuts up. Having been in group situations like that, and sometimes being the the person with the loudest voice in the room, sometimes the person who is the leader in the room does not have the loudest voice. Uh, and I do medieval reenactment, and I am a herald. I am the person with the loudest voice in the room. That is the job of a herald. You are the medieval bullhorn okay sometimes the people who are in charge elected to be in charge don't have the voice that carries the farthest i have a voice that carries really far so my job is to sh shout get everybody to shut up and then you listen to the person who's actually in charge okay um let's face it tessa thompson awesome chris hemsworth louder voice okay yeah so when everybody's got high you know let's let's just put that in a real world scenario everybody's really freaked out their kids have been kidnapped you've got a person whose voice does not carry very loud you've got somebody with a very loud deep resonant voice screaming you're at least going to stop. Hmm. Now, yeah, I get it. He's got superpowers and everything, but they're all Asgardians. They've all kind of got superpowers and whatever in the context of this world. All right. He just happens to be a guy with a loud, deep, resonant voice. Mm -hmm. So the thing to do in that situation is everybody shut up. Please listen to the person in charge. But what he does is, everybody shut up. I am now putting myself in charge. Remember, Thor, god of bad ideas. And he proves it over and over again in this movie. Oh my goodness, does he prove it over and over and over again in this movie. Because they keep saying it. He keeps going like, I have a plan. And they're like, do you really though? And he's like, no, not really though. But I'll think of one on the way. And they're like, are you really, though? And he's like, no, but I'll probably just smash something with my weapon when I get there. And they're like, yeah, that that sounds more like you. <laughs> we get a little bit of uh, retconning with, with, with Korg. Because in the previous film, he said he, he has 
his mom and his boyfriend and her boyfriend, which he hates. This one, he talks about having two fathers. Well, yeah, the thing is, though, is that it, it could be a retcon, or it could just be a different familial structure. We don't know the Cronin structure in the MCU. We don't yeah, know that. We don't we don't know. It could be that like in order to procreate, that's what you have to do. And there could be like and then the raising of the child is done by like we don't know that. Okay. But you know So whether or not it's a retcon or not. I don't know. But I will say that this is something I wanted to get into, and this is a good segue. We get more Disney gays in this movie than you can take shake a stick at, um, which is more of the uh, Taika Waititi, everybody is queer and a screw-up, which is a vibe I love. Don't get me wrong. It's the thing I love most about Taika is... It's Taika's universe, and everybody is a queer screw-up. And again, as a queer screw-up, I love this representation. Keep doing it, Taika. But, unfortunately, in this film, it just means that it is filled with Disney gays, and I am getting sick of the Disney gay. Yeah, we get Korg finding a husband at the end of the movie, holding hands, and that's all we see. Uh, yeah, Val the one the one line. Yeah. Valkyrie longs to be with a woman. Her, her well, bisexuality we, we is... we do is get the confirmation that your girlfriend died in battle, which is the... Everybody kind of figured that the chick she's holding in that memory, Loki shows her in Ragnarok, was, was, was her, her lover. lover. yeah. And Korg does say in a weird little speech, is it because you lost your girlfriend in battle and you want to go back and, you know... And she confirms that. And then she has the one little bit where she kisses the hand of one of the Olympians and then jumps away and runs off. I mean, you had mentioned in our Ragnarok review of having Sif and Valkyrie get together, which I am all for. And I wish they had leaned into that in this movie. But they well, don't really get any screen time together. They're both in New Asgard at the end of the movie. And that's the closest we get to that. I think the fandom man is going to want her with, with freaking Carol. It's going to want who with Carol? Valkyrie. Oh, I mean, eh. I, I don't I don't know. I don't see there being in a, any chemistry there if we ever really get them together. The, <laughs> give, give Valkyrie a girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be nice. Uh, we also get two women... Who welcome a child back to New Asgard, and they're hugging each other, and they hug a child, so they seem like the mothers of the child, but they get no lines, and they're just in the background in all of the families welcoming the children home. Two seconds that can easily edited out for or, or it could just be, oh, look at those women who are happy to see a child back. Because they don't, they literally don't do anything. They are two women standing near each other. It could be like, look at that woman who's welcoming her child back and her sister who is standing near her who is happy to see her niece or nephew come home. 
You know, I mean, it's literally that. So it's it's read into it whatever you wish to read into it, you know, which is kind of the point of the Disney gay at this point. But, you know, it's it, there are several moments like that. I really expected at one point during that Korg bit at the beginning where he was like, you know, Thor was, you know, Thor got around in his life. I really expected there to be a man in that sequence. And I kind of would put money down that we're going to find out that there was something cut from that sequence. Wouldn't doubt it. Because when it's talking about, like, you know, he met a pirate woman on a pirate ship and everything and all, it feels like there was something cut because, and then it goes abruptly to, but the great love of his life was a woman from Midgard. And I, I kinda, I kinda really want to want to bet that there was like a suggestion that at one point Thor had a, a male lover in that sequence at least one whether, we don't know. whether or not it was filmed I I, I don't know but I kind I kind of want to say like at least there had to have been discussions um because it 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 just feels like something Taika would have put in there and it it feels like such an abrupt, abruptly, weirdly edited sequence. As Honestly, do so many sequences in this film. Did this film feel weirdly edited to you? This is one of the shortest Marvel movies. This is under two hours. Just under two hours. But I'm not talking about the length of the film. I'm talking about individual sequences feel bizarrely edited to me. I was getting to that. I think it's because they probably had to cut this down a lot. And because they had to cut this down, we don't know how many scenes were shortened. This could have been another two and a half hour, three hour movie that they had to condense. So the, the, the oddly, the odd pacing of oh, certain scenes. No, could no, no. Be- the original, I can tell you, Taika has said the original cut of the film, the way he originally did it was almost four hours. Hmm. So it's not that some scenes were cut. It's like half a film was cut. There are entire planets that were cut from the film. There are entire storylines, apparently, that were cut from the film. I think the Grandmaster, I heard, was going to have a, a The Grandmaster and um, Peter Dinklage's uh, dwarf forger character that made Stormbreaker. Um, Lena Headey from Game of Thrones. Hmm. That played Cersei in Game of Thrones. She was supposed to be in this film, but every one of her scenes were removed. The thing is, though, is that some of the stuff that got left in the film was just confusing in the way it ended up in the film. There was one point where I thought that I had like a, a like an episode hmm. in the theater. And I actually had to ask afterwards, like, did I miss part of the movie? And it, 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 I had to get somebody to confirm for me that that's the way the movie played because there's the bit where they're in the shadow realm or whatever confronting Gore, mm-hmm. 
and they're all being restrained by shadow tentacles and gore is screaming call the call the axe call the axe back and you know i i needed to open the bifrost and he's torturing valkyrie and jane and, and finally thor summons uh, the axe summons the axe and then all of a sudden all three of them are free from the tentacles they're all standing in different places on the surface of the little moon thing and gore is standing very far away from thor holding the sword and they're doing the like you know bruce lee you know hey come get some little hand gesture getting ready for a battle and there's no little shadow tentacle monsters anymore there's no like they were inside and now they're outside or like maybe they were under the surface and now they're on the surface. Like they're in a completely different location is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. They were all restrained in tentacles. Now they're not. They had their weapons taken away from them. Now they all have their weapons in their hands. Gore was right next to Thor. Now he's like 20 feet away. I do not know what happened. It's Something a got jump caught. cut. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean... I, I do not know what happened. And I had to ask somebody, like, did I, did my brain glitch? Like, did I, was I missing time? Or is that the way the film was edited? Because honestly, I did not know. I, I was kind of creeped out by that moment because I was like, that cannot be the way that that scene was edited. But it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, maybe we'll get. I don't. I doubt. I'm gonna say. I'm. I'm gonna be real. I doubt we're gonna get whatever the two hours that we're missing. We might get at most thirty minutes in deleted scenes. But I don't know. It feels like so much got cut from this movie. But we'll see what you know. But but the thing is, is that while it's a beautiful looking film. I mean, really, like, the way that they used colors, especially in the Shadow Realm or whatever, um, the way that they, like, removed colors except for little tiny bits, you know, which almost to me felt like they were ragging on DC films. <laughs> like, I, look, we can we can, we can, can remove colors, too, except it's going to look awesome in our film, and it's going to look awful in yours. And I do like <laughs> that, you know, when, when Jane uses Mjolnir as, like, a, as a flashlight, the colors come back around her. It's around, because just the light of Mjolnir is bringing the color back around her. Yeah. You know, the way that they kind of desaturate that one little bit, and, yeah. you know, they they bring back pops of color... You know, depending on, you know, her using Mjolnir or the way that Thor's lightning hits or, or whatever. But the the way that they they use that, the way that they film it, the the colors in the Guardian scenes, the way it is filmed, the use of the camera, the special effects. I mean, this is a beautiful film. The way it is edited in the finality i'm not saying that it's not edited well within individual scenes 
But then there are these massive chops. And I'm I'm going to call it that we're going to find out that there was some sort of massive executive meddling. Because this feels so out of place for something that Taika had a hand in. I'm thinking that they probably are got some responses from like Spider-Man and from Multiverse of Madness about length and their thing was okay we need to cut this down it's not gonna be any more than two hours cut out what you need to cut out cut out anything that's non-essential keep this under two hours one way or the other and this is what we get that's my guess I have no proof I'm pulling it out of my butt but that's what it sounds like yeah, I I don't know. It's it's so I mean some of this stuff I'm going to say could not have been it was always not going to be to my liking no matter what you did with the editing. The fact that they pulled in the cancer story and absolutely fridged Jane yeah. will always make me mad. Because and and you can say like, well, they didn't fridge Jane or that came directly from the comics. Like, no, that is a fridging. That's the definition of the fridging. Because what is the point of this film? The point of this film is let's teach Thor to open up his heart and love again. How do we do that? We do that because his girlfriend died. That's how we did that. His girlfriend died, and her dying words were, oh, please don't let my death close your heart off again. You're a precious little cinnamon roll. And my death is noble and twatic because I have cancer. No, screw that. You did not say anything profound about the nature of life and death. You did not say anything noble about cancer. Without putting too fine a point on it, I have an entire side of my family where every single person in it has gotten cancer. Some of them have survived, some of them have not. And that is not, I'm I'm not like being, you know, hyperbolic when I say every single person. You look at my medical history and it's like, oh, did this person on that side of the family have cancer? And it's just, yes, check marks down the board. Okay. So this is a personal thing for me. This movie does not say anything profound about love and death and cancer. It's a plot point. And it's disgusting. And I expected better of the team that made this film. This was ham-fisted and pathetic in the way they did this. And you can fall back on, it was in the comics and we took it from the comics. But you know what? You're remixing everything from the comics anyway. Find a better story. And find a better way to motivate your men than when a woman I love had something horrific happen to her. And if you want to do the Mighty Thor thing and you want to have her die at the end, 
find a better reason for her to take the hammer and find and have her go out in glorious battle like she says she wants in that scene with Valkyrie. You know how her and Valkyrie are talking mm-hmm. after she smashes the sink and mm-hmm. both of them are like, hey, you know what we want more than anything else in life? To go out in glorious battle. And you know what? I kind of liked that scene because there are thousands of scenes in cinema where men have that same like, you know what I want? I want to go out in like a blaze of gunfire taking down my enemies and everybody freaking loves those scenes. And it was actually kind of awesome to get two women going, you know what? All this bureaucracy and illness and boring day to day life crap is not really my jam. And I'd rather go out fighting a supervillain. If I'm going to go, let me go out doing something noble for the cause. That was actually a really cool scene. I liked it, and I would have rather liked it if they had let Jane go out like that. It would have at least redeemed some part of the awful cancer storyline. But no, they have her, like, use up the last of her energy and then succumb to the cancer in Thor's arms so that Thor can have his great thing about, you know, I choose love and whatever so that Thor can be the one with the plot and Jane is just the action figure he's holding as a prop while he has his great revelation she destroyed the sword yeah honestly if she wasn't there do we really think that Thor couldn't have called down like a bolt of lightning and destroyed it himself eh maybe the point is the 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 way that final scene is kind of set up. The other thing that really pisses me off is, you know, he he gets the the girl that like, okay, here's here's the daughter you have to raise now. For some reason, she's got superpowers. I don't know why she has superpowers. She why was born from like- eternity. She was born from eternity, so she has powers. Sure. Why not? That doesn't make any sense, but let's go with that. Um, It's not explained in the movie. She just has glowy eyes at the end of the movie. Okay. What I'm saying is, if you're going to put that in the movie, put that in the movie. At least one line. They did. They did. Gore said she was born from eternity. And eternity is a omnipotent being. Uh, It's not explained much in the movie, but, you know, eternity can give power and wishes. And uh, in the comics, eternity is the physical uh, representation of the universe. So one And it looks like a watcher in this. So I was like, so he went and made a wish from a watcher. Because it's not explained in the film, whatever, you know, I hate to say it, but I know a lot about Marvel Comics. I do not know everything about Marvel Comics. I took somebody with me to this film who has read Marvel Comics, but not since, like, the 60s, okay? (laughs) So, like, a fan of Thor... In the 60s, all right? Um, So, 
they got to remember that most of the people who see this film, their entire concept of what's going on here will only be the film. And us as geeks will be like, yeah, but in the comics, like 80% of the people who watch this film will only know what happened in the film. So you got to explain it in the film. I'm just, you know, I I just, you got to understand that. You got to explain it in the film because we're the outliers. Mm -hmm. We want to believe that we're the target audience. We're not. You got to explain it in the film. Sorry. But the other thing that, that really angered me as far as Thor's character is, you know, he's got the little girl and there's the cute scene at the end where he's like getting her ready. And it's you think he's getting her ready to go off to school, but they're really getting ready for battle. And he's tying her shoe and he's like, I'm going to tell you what my mother told me. If you see someone getting bullied, you got to stand up for them. Really? Is that what Frigga taught you? Every day before you got up and bullied your adopted brother? You know, your adopted brother who, like, one of the last times you saw him, you put an electrocution tag into his neck, turned it up to full, and just left him there to die as you got on a ship to go back home and fight your sister? Is that what Frigga taught you, Thor? To stand up for people who were bullied, Thor? Before you went and played Get Help, Thor? With your brother who you bullied, Thor? Seriously, if I had been watching that movie at home for the first time, I would have thrown something at my TV screen. It was only that I was, like, in public that stopped me from, like, hurling something heavy at the screen. Let's 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 shift gears here because I want to talk a little bit about Axel Heimdall's son. I loved Axel. Best new character. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what was his other name? Astrid. Astrid, yeah. Astrid. So yeah, and he he gets accustomed to Earth music. He really likes Guns and Roses, hence the name Axel. I, I did like that little bit of uh, Thor, you know, hey, your father taught me how to use his power and I'm going to teach you how to use it. But yeah, yeah, Axel's kind of a really cool character and I kind of want to see more of his character. Where, you know, where they go from here. And the fact that he's now training under Lady Sif is kind of cool. Yeah, and that he inherited his father's um, powers. Powers, yeah. Uh yeah, that's a little yeah. So I just want to get on that. So let's let's wrap this up by let's t- let's talk about those post credit scenes before we 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 head out here. The first one kind of annoyed me because Zeus lived. Well, no, because we had been saying since we saw that Zeus was going to be in this, we wanted um Hercules. Yeah, Hercules. And we get Hercules at the, in, in, in this post-credit scene as Zeus wants the world, the, the universe to fear the gods again. And who's playing Hercules but Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso? Yeah, I had to go look this guy up. And uh, he's apparently British because his entire filmography is just 
things that were uh, made in Britain or uh, have a lot of British actors. He was apparently in one episode of Doctor Who. So I, I have apparently seen him in something before now. I I am so annoyed because we we were looking for a Hercules Thor team up in this film because those always are really awesome in the comics. And we didn't get that. Instead, we get mid-credits scene being like, hey, uh, Hercules might be in the next movie. Like, it would have been cool if after Zeus had said, you know, we're not going to help you, you could, Hercules just steps up and says, I'll help you. Like, he's the only one of... of, of the omnipotent city dwellers to say to step up, but we we, we don't get that. Yeah, because it's not exactly like Hercules and Zeus in mythology have ever made a, you know. This ain't the Disney version. Yeah. The funniest, okay, if you're a classics and mythology nerd, there is one joke that is awesome which uh was when thor says this is zeus he is the, the god of lightning and um i'm the god of thunder and i'm the god of thunder and uh i took a lot of my uh stuff from him and uh all that kind of stuff because there has always been a bit of a thing about how much of the Germanic and Norse uh, pantheon might have been inspired <laughs> by the uh, Greek and the Romans and the coming across the, you know, it's like, <laughs> because there are some points where it's like, well, you know, which of these came first and who inspired who? And, you know, yeah. So yeah, if you're a, if you're a big uh, classics and mythology nerd, Thor being like, oh man, I love this guy. And I took a lot of my stuff from him. That is a joke that, like, really hits you in the, you know. Yes. So. Blink and you'll miss it, but there's a cameo of Zeus's other son, Dionysus. Yeah, there's, um, there's Dionysus in there. You can see, um, Bast. Bast should have done something. She is the panther god. She is Black Panther's god. She should have yeah. done something. Um. You can, there are a lot of the things, there is a question, some, uh, our, our good friend Adam, uh, who co-hosts the show sometimes, he did, uh, point out to me that, uh, at one point, uh, there is that line, um, where Thor says the thing about, oh, look, God of Carpentry. <laughs> I laugh at that one, yes. The so, carpentry god. <laughs> so if you um, know, you know. <laughs> so who who might that be? Um where 
We do get the the cute little thing about Bal, the god of dumplings, <laughs> which is a god I could totally be down with worshiping. If you if you ever if you ever want to lure me somewhere, just be like, hey, look, dumplings. <laughs> be like, what? Even a, <laughs> even a croning god. Hey, nani nani. Yeah, and apparently, <laughs> apparently. Tycho wrote that little thing, <laughs> that little song thing. Um, but yeah, there's there's some apparently depending on where you look, there are shout outs to various gods from various pantheons, and then they just made some up for various alien races as well. Yeah. I uh, would have liked Kanchu in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, but the thing is, is that there's the suggestion that not all gods hang out in Omnipotent City all the time. So, the idea that sometimes the gods would go hang out there, some of them just live there all the time now, Um, some people, you know... Uh, pop in and pop out, and apparently some, like Thor, have never been there at all. He wasn't invited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's go to that post credit scene. We have uh, Jane, who dies in battle, goes to Valhalla and meets Heimdall. We get Idris Elba, little cameo here. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jane, for protecting his son and welcomes her to Valhalla. There have been some people who uh, have apparently said, Thor was wrong that you have to die in the process of the battle. Yeah, he was. He he was wrong in that one. But there have I in we are recording this forty eight hours after the movie came out. Yeah. So there have already been multiple people who said, "Oh, it should have been Loki." Do you really think that Jane Foster really wants to see Loki as the first being she sees in Valhalla? She doesn't know what happened in Ragnarok. She doesn't know about the 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 the, the heroic turn that Loki's had. All he all she knows is this guy attacked New York. And the thing is, is that it would have been funny for like Loki to, to walk up and be like. Ah, Jane, welcome to... And then just her punch him again. He'd be like, what the hell? I am trying to welcome you to the glorious afterlife. <laughs> and you just punch... Seriously? <laughs> like, uh, I get why people would want Loki, because they want Loki in the movie. I get it. I yeah. and, we, and as we are recording, they are filming the new season of Loki. But... I don't think that would have worked in this. It would have been a funny scene, but I don't think that's the scene that they wanted to show. Well, yeah, they they wanted to they wanted to show Heimdall because they had Heimdall's family. I mean, you saw his Heimdall's wife. son and his wife throughout the the film. As much as the movie suffered from not having Loki in it, it's better that it it didn't in in the way that i mean i mean you know they, they had the stock footage um of course uh right. with the and funny the joke of he lost his brother and then he lost his brother again and his brother died again <laughs> um, 
And the tattoo. Um, yeah, and then and then the tattoo, which is much more elaborate than we thought it was, because we, you do get that close up. It's a very short close up in the actual film, so you know, uh, hopefully, you know, once it, we get the good screenshot, wait, wait about forty five days, and they'll be on Disney Plus. Well, yeah, but I mean, it'll it'll be on the internet sooner than that. But once, you know, once we get the good screenshot of um, what all of his various tattoos are and we could see, because I'm sure there's probably like, you know, shout outs to the Warriors 3 or whatever on there as well. And, you know, we can kind of get, but they, um, yeah, his, his Loki tattoo is a bit more, um, more involved than you can see from the the bit in the trailer that people screenshotted all right so in general i did like the movie i i I, there's a lot of hate going for this movie right now i don't get it i mean i from your perspective i get it but there are people who just don't like the fact that this is a a jokey movie but then again it's a we we talked about this in our ragnarok episode there are people who just did not like ragnarok because it was jokey and this is more of the same. You know, this is Here's just... the thing I'm going to say about it. I wish there had been more jokes. I think my problem with this movie is that there weren't more jokes. I know that sounds weird. Um I this you know, like the Guardians films are very jokes. If this movie had wanted to be more jokes, Please, I would have liked it more. I I feel that it was trying to be too many things. Um, As was pointed out to me, you can't call this a romantic comedy because it ends in a tragedy. If it wanted to be a romantic comedy, make it a romantic comedy. I would have been down for that. Thor the romantic comedy? Yeah, I'd I'd go see that. Um, But this is not that. Um, if it had wanted to be Thor the comedy without the romance, I would have also gone see that. If it had wanted to be Thor the 80s inspired action movie, that sounds super cool. I'm down for that. If it had wanted to be Thor hunts down the guy that's killing all the gods, I would have gone and seen that. If it had been Thor the tragedy of whatever i would have been less into that but it's still a thor movie um and it would have probably needed loki at that point but it tries to be a little bit of all those things and thus it kind of fails at any of them when you try to satisfy everyone you end up satisfying no one kind of deals yeah and the thing is is this is still an enjoyable movie. It's still better than Dark World, minus the fact that Dark World has Loki. You yeah. know? And that's always going to be my thing. Like, do you want to see something? You know, do you want to see a Marvel project? Yes. Does it have Loki? That's always going to be at the top of my list. Be- below that, it's going to be starting in a ranking of things that does not have Loki. You know? But, you know, it's still, minus that one thing, 
better mostly structurally than Dark World. Um, Because at least I'm going to remember what plot it tried to have. Mm -hmm. uh, Which is a thing I really have trouble doing with Dark World. I'm not saying that there's not fun here. But it's, I don't know, it's so sloppy in places. And they made such horrible choices. You know, all the things that I talked about disliking in general filmmaking terms in Ragnarok. Like, I really love Ragnarok, but filmmakers, please don't do this. All those things that came up in Ragnarok, it's like they put every single one of those things in this film. And so it was like, oh, this is just a pancake stack of don't do that, please. With a syrup of, I'm guessing, executive meddling on top. I, I can't prove that at this point, but I would put down a lot of money on we're going to start hearing stories pretty quickly of, well, they wanted to do this, and then the executive said, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess that we're going to start to get drips and drabs that the movie that was planned was probably going to end up better than the movie we got. Mm. And that executive meddling probably turned it into what we got. But at the end of the day, I still think the biggest problem is that they chose the wrong storyline for why Jane is back and why she is Thor. Sorry. You should have picked a, a better better reasoning for that fair enough thor will return i i assume he's going to be part of the guardians movie yeah that is a thing i didn't think about they didn't say thor will return in another thor movie but i guess tamsworth's still under contract so unless they're going to bring back jane from the dead i mean it is in the mythology that they did they do come back I mean, even in the comics, even when a, 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 a next guardian dies, even Jane herself, who has died, has come back. Well, yeah, I mean, n- nobody's ever really dead in comic book movies as long as you can pay the actor enough money. Yeah. Um, but I do think that Natalie really wants out. I, I mean, I really do. So I, think- I really think Natalie is wanting to be done. So you think this is uh, another Harrison Ford situation where they only came back so the character can die? I'm I'm thinking maybe so. I really do think that after what happened in Dark World, um, that she only came back to work with Taika. Uh, apparently Taika wants Natalie for his Star Wars movie, completely forgetting the fact that she was Padme. I want to know Taika's secret. Taika apparently is the one person on the planet who was capable of forgetting the prequels, and I want to know how he did that. (laughs) Because apparently when that conversation went down, he asked Natalie if she'd ever wanted to be in a Star Wars movie. She reminded him that she was in three of them, and he was like, oh yeah, I forgot about those, and now I want to know how this absolute baller of a man (laughs) managed to forget the prequels. (laughs) <laughs> Please tell me your secret. 
<laughs> you stone cold master of memory. But yeah, I will say that there is some magic here. It's just not as much as I was hoping for. I had been so looking forward to this movie and it is a, not, not what I wanted. That is our thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. The next full episode will be up in a few days and that is going to be our episode on sister act and uh, come back for that and we will talk to you all next time bye Bye. if you want to help the fight for human rights in the u.s the american civil liberties union works to protect constitutional rights for all americans their website is aclu.org If you need reproductive services in the U.S. or wish to donate to those who do, go to abortionfunds.org for more info. The battle isn't over until the last person surrenders. The fight continues. Don't let the magic stop here. Join our conversation online on Facebook at Rewatching the Magic. Twitter at Rewatch the Magic. And of course... New episodes every week at rewatchingthemagic.podbean.com. Remember, the magic is for everyone. It only stops if you let it. <laughs>